0: Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. Here we are on Pentecost Sunday, and as I said at the beginning of Mass, Pentecost Sunday is the fulfillment of what we began on Holy Week. And you can imagine, with all the intentionality that you most likely lived Holy Week, And probably for most of us, it doesn't have the same kind of intentionality for today. Yet this is the fulfillment of it. This is the end. This is what completes it. And so it's a big day. But in order to understand how powerful it is, we have to understand how it began. The Old Testament, the Jewish men and women, the Old Covenant, they also had Pentecost. Our Pentecost is the fulfillment of theirs. So if we don't understand what the original one was, hearing the good news of a fulfillment really is kind of lost on us. So what would happen is Jewish men and women would make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem for Passover. And it'd be a huge celebration. And then 50 days later, they would go back for Pentecost. And Pentecost was the celebration where they both remembered, celebrated, and by doing those things, hopefully entered more deeply into the time that God gave the law to Israel through Moses on Mount Sinai. So that's what they're remembering. That's what they're celebrating. And for you and I in 21st century America, the idea of celebrating a law doesn't really make a lot of sense because we see laws as we're free to do anything we want until a law limits our freedom. And so all of a sudden we go, I had 10 options, but because God spoke, I guess I got three. And then we go, well, all right, well, that's life. And so we're missing out on how they experience and what they meant by law. So here's an analogy. I hope it's a good one. It might not be, but it's an analogy nonetheless. Right? Imagine you've got a bunch of pieces and parts, and you know you're meant to build some sort of IKEA bookshelf, IKEA furniture bookshelf, but you have no instructions. All right, and you try to start putting the thing together. And you're doing the best you can. And when you're done, you might be pretty handy. It might kind of look like a bookshelf, so way to go. But you realize one of the shelves is slanted. And when you put a book on the other shelf, it falls right to the ground. So you know what you're meant to have. You know how it's supposed to work in some sense. But you just don't know how to get there. Similarly with life. We oftentimes have a sense that the life we're living isn't what we're meant to live. And we're trying to put a lot of energy into have one part of our life go well just for the next day, a different relationship to anger us or hurt us or we sin. And, and we're just like, this can't be what life is all about. It's There's got to be something more. Through God, God through Moses gives the law. It's as if he gives the instructions for the Ikena. Ikea Furniture, he says, this is how you're meant to live. This is how you can live in such a way that you'll find the peace, the life, the hope, the meaning that you know you're looking for. Or this is also why so many times in your life, it doesn't feel fulfilling or it feels guilt-ridden or like you did something wrong. Here's a very explicit law to help explain your life to you. And since Israel, compared to the other world religions, knew that their gods did not give them such a gift, that they were still meaninglessly bumping into things and figuring life out, they felt special. They felt incredibly loved and cared for by God. And so this became a huge celebration of when our God stepped into our mess and brought about order and clarity and gave a way to live that would fulfill us and bring us flourishing and happiness. And when God gave this law on on the mountain, two major signs accompanied the descending of the law of God coming down to us. Fire and wind. Now let's look at the first reading and see the New Testament. The apostles are gathered together with the Blessed Mother in prayer in a home. First good lesson, they are praying in homes. What's happening in your homes? Good lesson for all. What's happening in my rectory? Good thing for us to ask, okay? Great. So they're at home praying. And all of a sudden, a mighty wind comes and fires accompanying them because God is descending to give them the new law. The old law was written on stone tablets. What was the problem with that? Well, it was exterior. It made sense, that's what we want to do, but our hearts were so weak and fickle. At times we cared and other times we didn't. At times we want God, at times we don't. Sometimes we feel numb or dead on the inside. And so we needed something to revitalize and strengthen our hearts. The old law was written on stone tablets. The new law, it says, is written on the hearts of the believers. The Holy Spirit comes And etches on the hearts of believers the face and heart of Jesus. Now, believers are joined to Jesus and become the body of Christ. They now share in the very life and love of the Trinity, and they now know not only is the external law needed for clarity and understanding, now we also, God is now providing in an even greater way, He's transforming our hearts. This is why this feast day is such a big deal, is this feast day gives us the images of fire and wind are images of power. The catechism says fire, for the Holy Spirit, is the image of God's transforming power and love. If we didn't have this, we would be able to understand how to be kind and merciful. We'd even learn perhaps how to forgive each other by the example of Jesus. But if that's all we are, the faith can be reduced pretty quickly to an electric blanket or your favorite, like, you know, comforter at your house. It would be nothing but comfort. The great news of Jesus' resurrection, ascension, and the gift today of the Holy Spirit is a transforming power has come upon you and me, primarily through the sacraments of the church. But you and I often forget this that how much power God gives us. And so we treat God oftentimes like when we go to the ATM and we get a fast 20. It's like we're billionaires and we're just taking out 20s. just one at a time, just enough to get by. And so what happens is, is we say prayers like this. Can I just have enough patience to get along with my coworkers or family or friends? Or could you just help me a little bit to maybe, uh, you know, recognize life isn't that bad? None of those prayers are bad. But when you realize the infinite power of God is being offered to you and me, it's not really measuring up. God says, I raise people from the dead. I turn through the Holy Spirit, every mass, bread and wine into the only begotten son of God. And then you and I are like, well, if you could just maybe, because I'm Niagara Falls and you're getting little drips out of the faucet. He's not the one editing his love and power. We are. So what does this power do? Well, probably the best example of the power at work in the world are the saints. Pick your favorite saint when you were little or now. What you're thinking of or what inspires you or what captures you is the Holy Spirit. When we celebrate a saint, we don't celebrate, look how disciplined they were. Look how wonderful of an organized calendar they kept. They're amazing. They did their to-do list every weekend and began Monday mornings peacefully. These saints are amazing. That's not what we're doing. Nor do we praise, look how smart they were. That's not what we celebrate as a church. As a church, when we honor a saint, what we're saying is, look at how this man or this woman was captured by God. Look at how they're animated. Look at how they're inspired. Look at how different they lived compared to everyone else. In essence, what we're praising is, look at how this man or this woman surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Look at how they acquiesced. Look at how they finally just received the life that God was trying to grow in them. They didn't stay in a posture of fighting, grasping, judgment, dictates. They surrendered to what God was doing in their lives through the Holy Spirit, and they changed the world around them. This year on Pentecost, if the Holy Spirit comes down and changes only the bread and wine at Mass, we missed out on what we're doing here. The bread and wine transformed into the body and blood of Christ is then given to us because then we're meant to be transformed and we're meant to be the saints for this world. Every saint has something in common. They're dead. Because now it's you and I. It's our turn. God didn't give you the world in the early 1900s to be responsible for. God didn't give you some ideal past and living in another country where it's peaceful with farmlands, all those, they're fun things to daydream about. God gave you now. He gave you Northeast Ohio. He gave you this diocese. He gave you these eight counties that make it up. And he said, my Holy Spirit is being poured out. Can I find a son or daughter who's willing to surrender so that I can make their life so beautiful that people will see the face and heart of Jesus alive again and we can heal the nations? This isn't a crazy idea. It's actually worked for 2,000 years. And that's why we celebrate Pentecost today, to remember what God has done and to ask him to do it again with us. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church Brecksville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.